When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. First off, we want to say thanks so much for supporting the show these last couple of years. It's been a pleasure doing the show and watching the community grow. Our heart soars with the Eagles Nest. We have some exciting news to announce, which is that as of this week, the Michael Scott Podcast Company is joining the Cloud 10 Podcast Network alongside a bunch of other great shows. So check them out. We're very excited to be here. And we cannot thank you all enough for helping us get to this place where we can do the show on a larger platform and keep investing in making our show better and growing it couple announcements that will come with this. Uh, first of all, don't worry. You don't have to subscribe to a different feed or anything. Our show will continue releasing as normal in the same places going forward. So we're there for you. Second, as you might guess, since we are joining a network, we will have ads going forward. Don't worry, though. There won't be a ton of them, and we'll have fun recording them in an office vibe as we can. However, if you still prefer to have an ad-free podcast, don't fret. In the coming weeks, we will be putting our whole catalog on our Patreon ad-free, as well as future episodes going forward. So for the same price of 5 bucks a month, you get our exclusive monthly mailbag episode and access to ad-free shows. In the coming months, you can also expect some merch to become available, as well as extra content on our Patreon, where we will talk about stuff we've been reading, watching, listening, and just kind of some non-office chatter and hang out with us. So needless to say, it's going to be zoppity. Okay, that's it for now. Again, we love you all so much, and thanks for everything you've done to help our show survive and thrive. We look forward to making a bunch more stuff for you. You guys are the reason that we went into the paper business. So good night, God bless, God bless America, and get home safe. I'm doing the twirl. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and church van driver, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's productivity czar. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. They're getting on my nerves, Mom. Both of them. <laughs> R thinks he's too good to be here, and P is not as much fun without Jim. Michael, we can hear you. <laughs> I'm on the phone, please. <laughs> Mom, I'm going to call you back. P's being a giant B. <laughs> Every week, which we one get of you is get... P and which one of you is R? Oh, I, I'm P for sure. I'm. You know me. You're not as much I'm a fun giant without. I'm a giant wife. B. Yeah. <laughs> I'm E. What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week uh, we'll have our main topic, as we always do. Then we go to a conference room where we'll talk about. Um, some feedback we got on our episode on Roy, as well as a new show from Mindy Kaling that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, and then we'll move on to trivia provided by a listener. Uh, this week's main topic is the Michael Scott Paper Company. Uh, that's right. We're going to be returning oh. to 
the the topic that we first covered in our first episode on this show two years ago. Our first, or something our like first that. public episode. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. A, yes. uh, this I've wanted to revisit this topic for a while, partly because I think it's a it's a favorite of all of ours. It's the namesake for our show, uh, and with the new announcement that we have uh, joining the network, I think it made sense for us to to revisit the very beginning and, and talk about this this arc once again. I think also. You know that was our first published episode, and I think in the in the time since we've gotten a little bit looser, a little bit better at doing this, mm-hmm. uh, if you can call it us being good at all. But uh, I just thought it would be a really fun topic for today. We used to be a Toby, and now we are a Toby in Costa Rica. Perhaps yes. Uh, yeah, no. And this is this is for everyone who's tuning into our show, finding it for the first time. Uh, welcome. Uh, I sure hope there's some new people, but we'll see. If not, uh, <laughs> hey guys, what's up? It's the same old show. This is also the first time we've done, we've revisited a topic, uh, at least yeah, at least yeah. explicitly. I feel like we say the same stuff a lot, but this is actually a, going back to an episode we've already done. Yeah, um, and and welcome to our new listeners, but to our old listeners as well. We'll try to. Uh, I think we we're coming in with a couple with yeah, some new ideas. You guys, are the cool, you guys are the seniors in the lunchroom. Yeah. you know you know how it works here. <laughs> you know what's up. I, Such a bold assumption that we have new listeners. I know. I, I know. I know. Let's assume we don't. I oh think for the purpose of this topic, we should talk about where we think this this arc begins right. and ends. Oh, well, yes. we, that was a yes. We came in with some discord on what this uh, what this mm-hmm. actually what this arc is. Yeah, uh, disagreeing right out of the bat, right out of the gate. Uh, this uh, this is the Michael Scott Paper Company arc. Uh, it is season five. Okay. Episodes nineteen through twenty six. It goes from golden whoa, ticket whoa. to casual Friday. Whoa. And we're just yeah, that's that's that. Let's move on. Right? No. No. <laughs> okay, first of all, what's Casual Friday doing in there? Casual, casual Friday. Friday is when they acknowledge they kind of bring everything back together. The wounds are not healed <laughs> okay. until the end of okay. Casual Friday. Okay. All right. This is good. We get, start with the end. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You get Phyllis. Phyllis telling Michael, you said we were family, and then you went after us. You know? I think, uh, I think, I think that's important. I think that uh, we need, we need uh, the wounds to be healed in the office. Gosh, so Casual nice. Friday is... You look like a trout. <laughs> uh, I don't and know. Sean, you say that you, you, you find the beginning at Golden Ticket. I, 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 Golden I accept Ticket? Casual Friday as the end. I, that, that's, okay. that's a great point. Um, so, so, but Golden Ticket, bro? So I actually, I did my research going into this by listening to our old episode. Whoa. And Edwin. Oh, look at you, Mr. Reese. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Edwin brought, brings up an incredible point in that episode that this arc actually kind of starts in Golden Ticket. Although we don't have Charles Minor yet and we don't have that tension between Michael and Charles and, um, you know, there's there's no uh, evidence that Michael's going to quit or anything like that. What we do get is David Wallace being totally fed up with Michael. Michael is uh, does the golden ticket idea. Uh, they give a huge discount to uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then uh, and uh, it turns out. It, it, it looks like it's going to be a bad thing. Then it turns out to be a good thing. Then, you know, Michael blames it on Dwight. Then when he finds out it's good, he wants all the credit. 
Okay, I'm not hearing of, anything and, about Michael Scott Paper Company and, here. And at the end of that episode, David Wallace says, I am done. Pam, don't send me those notes. <laughs> and and this is the catalyst for Charles Minor coming into the show. This is the moment when David Wallace decides he can't take Michael's BS anymore. Because we've talked before about how, okay. you know, he's... he's. I'm fighting you on this, that, I'm fighting you on this. Okay, uh, c come at me. All right, this isn't well, a Charles Minor arc. This is the Michael Scott paper company arc. But this is this is where it begins. This is where it begins. Well, hmm. uh, he, here's here's what I would say. First hmm. of all, Sean, very excellent point that I also made. Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, wait, wait. Where I did think, you do the research, Sean? Um, I, I was listening to a podcast, our, Michael Scott Podcast yeah. Company, <laughs> episode. Oh, one. everybody! Oscar found a reason to look on WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, okay. Baited you in like a meatball parm. I will. I will. I've got two things. Okay. I think okay. that this arc. Maybe I'm contradicting myself. I think the beginning of this arc is new boss. Okay. Because it's the introduction of Charles Minor, mm -hmm. and the end. I would say is yes, probably Casual Friday because that's when they resolve everything within the office. I think that what you what you alluded to, Sean, in the Golden Ticket episode. There's a back and forth between Michael and David that occurs throughout this entire season with um, with David transferring Holly away, with Michael going on the business trip. Mm. There, there's elements of Michael struggling with the way that he's being treated by Dunner Mifflin. And at the same time, David Wallace also being completely exasperated with Michael. So there's it's, it's so the simmering over the course of the business season. trip is what you're saying. It starts all the way no. back. Yeah, to let's go all let's keep going back. <laughs> Uh, there's a pattern of disrespect and impressive. <laughs> Listen, I want to say something to both of you. You make America Malicorn Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I look, I, 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 I produce podcasts and, and write and edit them for a living. And so I'm editing this. So obviously I went with the leanest, least amount of episodes <laughs> possible to tell yeah. the story. And the least amount of episodes cut. to tell this story is Dream Team through Broke, which is the only time we actually see the Michael Scott paper company functioning and working as a business. Open door to a door shut. That's where okay. I'm going in and out. Okay. Let's let's meet halfway. No. You you and me. Okay. And we'll go with Edwin's uh beginning, which is new boss. Uh the introduction of Charles Minor, who, you know, I mean this. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be the beginning. Charles Minor is the beginning of this for, arc. For me, what this arc represents or what happens in this arc, the content of it is Charles Minor. In Charles Minor's introduction as a character totally throws the office out of balance. We have I am aware Jim, of the effect I have on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, Pam, Michael, and Dwight brainstorming ideas for Michael's anniversary party. Jim wearing a tuxedo. Uh, it's very, it feels, as an office viewer, I feel like it's very standard issue. Like, we don't question it at all. But then when this new guy shows up, it very kind of cool, it puts everything in the Smith office. -esque. Yeah. Is it Charles? Is it Stanley? <laughs> um, it, it changes everything. So uh, that's, it, it, suddenly Jim wearing a tuxedo is correct. That is absolutely ridiculous. And Dwight's memo is not annoying. It's about professionalism in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, so, that's sort of the uh, the inciting factor to me because that 
is what leads Michael to quit um, and then start his own paper company. So we can start wherever you want. <laughs> well, I, I do want to start with New Boss, okay? okay. I think we've covered uh, uh, a golden ticket, so I'm glad that I... <laughs> Got that in. I started my uh, prep at Dream Team, so I'll just hang out and chill here until we hit. You that just one. wait there. All good, buddy. Mm -hmm. um, but new boss, I, I think. <laughs> and again, we we did this episode already, so I'm not going to go. This happens, then this happens, then this happens. Oh wait, oh this happened before that. That was a. <laughs> that's yeah, our that last used to episode be a part of our show back yeah. in the early yeah. days. It was like um, recounting the plot. plot yeah. yeah, we're we're big picture now. Okay. We're mm -hmm. big picture now. Too, so what I want to ask... A little too big of a picture here. Okay, well, you guys are big picture. I'm day to day. <laughs> <laughs> As you were. So my question to you guys is, did Charles Minor have any right to cancel Michael's party? Okay? On one hand, this is a workplace. It wasn't designed for Michael's vanity. On the other hand, Charles Minor has been there one day, and Michael's been there 15 years. Okay? What do you think? Yes. yes, he has the right to, but that doesn't mean he should. <laughs> and uh, to to quote uh, the place where all of my life philosophy comes from, uh, a quote from the Big Lebowski: "You're not wrong, Walter. You're just being. You're just an asshole." Okay, <laughs> that right now is Charles. Read the room a little bit. Yes, you. Of course, you have the right. You have the right. You know, Tim, Tim Shell, thou mayest. Right? Okay. This is some, these are ancient lessons that we're learning, hmm. and uh, I say Charles. Shouldn't have done that, even though, yes, technically he can. I mean, I think with the focus, with, with the company cutting, they say, 3% across the board, um, they're cutting all sorts of things. They're cutting uh, contributions. They're no longer matching contributions to 401ks, he says. Yeah. So Michael's party, I think, is, an ex is, is absolutely an example of discretionary spending if the company is paying for that. Um, at, uh, the other reason that I think that is because when Michael eventually goes to New York to try to talk to David Wallace... The problem isn't that because David Wallace says, you know what? You're right. I'll go to your party. We'll have figs. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll figs. But what really what Michael was dealing with is he couldn't get through to David. So that's why he, that's what I think is the final straw that causes him to quit. So I think, yeah, he can cancel the party as long as David would listen to Michael. That's the only thing. But that, even as Phyllis says, uh, if you had just taken Michael's phone call, we wouldn't have lost all our clients. Yeah. I've been wondering that myself lately. I think that's what he says. Mm -hmm. But um uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and that's, and again, that's why I think this starts with golden ticket because that is the moment that David Wallace decides I'm, I'm done with treating Michael like a person. I'm done with listening to him. There's, I'm going to build a wall between us. There might be another one, which is in, I think it's a new boss where he says, David, uh, if we hire the Cirque du Soleil guys, <laughs> will that help with the year end tax stuff? Yeah. But they only get no. I think he hung up. You know, yeah. <laughs> probably the two like guys that balance on each other. That's who I think it is. Or just a I clown. mean, but, but they only get through. They're only able to ask him that question after they tell the front desk that they've kidnapped uh, David Wallace's son, and then As they Michael get, Scotch, yes. and then they get put through to Charles Minor when they when they really need to talk to David. And then um, Michael uh, fakes his little girl voice and, and all this uh, stuff to <laughs> convince David that the school is calling. Um, yeah, it, I, I mean, it, I, David is done with Michael bef even before the Cirque du Soleil comment, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's I mean, done with Michael. W- w- long <laughs> take your pick. Uh, go for the surplus when he keeps calling him. You know, like he's done with him. Uh, <laughs> we could keep going back for where this arc starts. He but drove we don't down need to... to just pat him on the back about the golden ticket idea. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah, we don't need to dwell here. I mean, moving you on. Touch, Season t- touch on uh, Sorry. episode 16. Did you have anything from two weeks, Sean, that you wanted to bring up? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, this is when, you know, obviously Michael is... Uh, is. <laughs> I just, I, You're doing the thing that I'm we like, said we were going to do? No, yeah. no, no. I was laughing from Arrested Development. I just All I can hear is, two weeks! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to go in uh, in episode order. Really, I just wanted. I mean, I, the thing that this arc does that I think is the reason that I love, love it so much is because it's really like an existential challenge to Michael. Like, what happens when Michael doesn't have Dunner Mifflin? Yeah, that's yeah. a huge piece. I think of we it. can get into and, the bigger picture stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and uh, in two weeks, he's he's asking people to join. He's mm-hmm. trying to. He's trying to peel people off to, to trying to poach some chumps, mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, <laughs> I think I actually that does that is a good uh, segue into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is what about Dwight during this story arc? Because going back and listening to uh, our first episode about this, we just don't talk about Dwight that much, and I I think he's an important part of this story arc. He's he's we've Absolutely. discussed him maybe being you know the main character or the hero of the whole series um uh him or pam um but um an anti-hero perhaps we don't get i don't I, like what about what about dwight during this arc he doesn't go with michael michael doesn't really ask him to leave with him well that Why is that that well, scene where he asked them to leave uh a is uh, some of the better some, some of the there's only a few times throughout this series where steve carell is is really asked to to hit the dig into his acting bag. And I feel like when he's pleading and sitting on the floor, like Steve Carell's, uh, you know, getting a chance to really do his thing there. Um, Mm -hmm. so he, he asks everyone, I think he might assume Dwight would come with him. Um, Dwight responds to strong leadership. We know this. I think he already has the feeling of Charles minor, even though he puts him in sleeves and we get Dwight in sleeves. I mean, that, that by itself is insane (laughs) throughout this arc. Uh, there's a lot of times throughout the show he's assumed Dwight is on his side and is coming with him. And Dwight will, will say, like, well, no, obviously I'm not doing that. Uh, they have these differences. I, I, that, that car is a ridiculous choice in this climate, right? Um, <laughs> and this is another moment where when the rubber meets the road, Dwight is an independent thinker. He's not going to just do what Michael wants because, well, Michael's not the boss anymore. So mm-hmm. he respects the law. That's the law. And let's remember, Michael doesn't ask Dwight and Dwight right. doesn't say no. Mm-hmm. That's the way they right. kind of dance around this um, and that's and that's but, why what what why does michael ask dwight because he knew that he didn't want to make dwight say no hmm. you know and dwight didn't want to have to say no i feel like they they both kind of knew where the other person was mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. i think one thing within again the the way that this arc challenges the different characters michael without dunder mifflin dwight to succeed without michael for jim to be in this new environment with the new boss where he has to try and work hard and impress this new boss jim without him a little bit yeah and like role reversal yeah. with dwight and Michael puts this challenge out to everyone. Are you doing your best here? Mm. And Pam, who spent all this time working on the copier throughout this episode, mm-hmm. goes with him. So all of these sort of major characters in the ensemble are, are in a new place over a few episodes. And I think it's really fun to watch them grow and like, deal with those challenges. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Toby, uh, Toby's of, without privacy while he goes to the bathroom during this arc. Yeah, he's trying to figure. Yeah, Toby is challenged by whether or not Blue goes with Tam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad you mentioned growth, though, because that brings us to Pam in this in this story arc, who I think is the person who grows the most. And while we, you know, she becomes a salesperson at the end of this arc. Going back and rewatching it, I just am like very proud of Pam. Um, I am almost like she's not a salesperson; she's a she's a manager. Like the way that she kind of deals with Michael psychologically and like tries to get things moving forward. What's the next step? You know, how can yes. we build our? You know, how can we motivate yes. and keep going with this? Because this is it. I mean, I know that roles switch at the end of that episode and she starts to uh, and then Michael needs to play that part. But I mean, it's really cool to see Pam um, step into that role. And, you know, yes, she's again, yes, she's a salesperson, but she's also like, I would say one half of this company. Uh, She's a partner in Michael starting this company. She even gets her own corner (laughs) behind Michael's desk. (laughs) And then we also have, you know, her and Ryan both. Ryan does not go through. You might argue Ryan go, starts the opposite trajectory of Pam as his growth uh, yeah. rapidly begins to <laughs> to uh, to decline throughout the rest of the show until he rides away on an elephant. Um, so, yeah, Pam, Pam really steps up to this role. And I feel like shades of Jan's advice echoing a little bit of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Mm. I feel like she starts. She's like she's ready to go she's prepared she's like help she's absolutely carrying michael through the first round of this absolutely carrying him and this this whole art comes down to this moment um and i i don't want to jump us ahead too far but just going big picture stuff in terms of pam and, and all their growth michael the after the pancake luncheon and michael has this talking head or not a talking head but he's talking to to, to pam and ryan about a dream about the peanut butter and tuna fish sandwich and he had the dream and it was delicious. And then he starts to talk about like, and then the next day I had it and it was disgusting. And I feel like right after that, Michael's about to say, uh, and that's what this company is, is this peanut butter and tuna sandwich where I thought it was going to be great. Turns out it's not. And let's, let's fold at that moment. They get the call from the guy at the pancake luncheon. Michael's, Michael's idea works and saves them from the abyss. And that's the one sale they needed. The sale that Pam makes by tearing off that piece of paper, writing the phone number down, handing it at that guy. And it's just this tiny little lifeline that they get uh, thanks to Pam. And so she ends up absolutely saving the day uh, and making that sale. I agree. I'm thinking of when, um, in, when Pam is talking about art school in season two, I think the episode is boys and girls and Roy tells her not to, you know, doesn't want her to go. And Jim wants her to Mm -hmm. go. I think you should do Mm it is what, you know, and he says, he says, you got to take a chance on something sometime, Pam. And in this season, in season five, Pam has gone to art school and come back. And this, by going with Michael, she again, takes a chance on something. And, you know, at first, yeah, she's met with kind of failure. That's like, it's, uh, you know, it's really difficult to see, or or maybe not failure, but she's really struggling to see why she did this and she can't go back. She can't get her old job back. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that I think to me is a very underrated bright spot uh, not just for the paper company, but for Pam as well, that she makes her first sale to mm-hmm. Russell for the pancake luncheon. Um, like Michael says, who would have thought that work 
And little pancakes yeah. would be the thing that saved this yeah. company. <laughs> so I, it was, it, it's definitely a growth. Uh, it's a period of growth for Pam, which is great to see. Another, uh, you know, we talk about major characters being challenged in this arc. And the other major character, at least from the beginning of the show, is Ryan. And Ryan <laughs> does not really <laughs> respond to this challenge. I thought it was very funny. We've talked about Ryan and Jim being sort of parallels or opposites or foils for each other. And um, I thought it was funny that in the early season when Jim and Pam were sitting near each other, they end up falling in love. And when Ryan and Pam are together, they just hate each other. They're just at each other's throats, you know. Uh, and I thought it was a very another funny way in which uh, Jim and Ryan kind of It's contrast. a great rivalry on the show between those two. They have their moments throughout the show, ultimately ending in that elephant moment, which is just like, boo! It's just like, ew, go away! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, does, do, you know, does Ryan actually do anything for their company? Do you guys want to yeah. hear about Thailand? What 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 does Ryan contribute to the Michael Scott paper company? The pricing model, which was wrong. Yeah, but that's what he did. That's what and he's the face is. of the company. And I he's mean, the face of the company. Oh yeah, he's the face of his company. And he does the right. dirty work. Remember, he goes to make that sale. I can get there. You know, yes, he's got, he's oh, got yeah, to play right. on yeah. play on misogyny. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree that he doesn't contribute much overall, but it does seem like he has a role within the company. I mean, you know we know, I mean? know that they're swiping clients from from Dunder Mifflin, but it kind of seems like. Michael is the one who deserves the credit for that. The way, look at that old dude in his Rolodex go. Hundred you know? percent. We don't, we don't see Ryan uh, take clients himself in this arc, but we do see him talking to Mister Bart in a future episode that was Dwight's client previously. So, and and uh, when they talk about moving back or reintegrating those people that staff within Dunder Mifflin, they all talk about bringing over their clients. They don't seem to identify that Ryan doesn't have any clients, you know. True. But I agree that that it does seem like Michael is the heavy lifter in terms of of undercutting these clients and working his Rolodex and that kind of thing. You know what, you know what yeah. I just realized right now? The reason they use Ryan's pricing model and then they go meet that accountant and it's just like it's putting you out of business. You can't do this. Is that pricing model works when you logged your sales twice <laughs> uh doing fraud <laughs> through your website. So he probably just mm -hmm. took the same pricing model, but he's not doing fraud. So it's like, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think another thing from, from this arc is that we see, you know, in dream team, Michael is building his sales team. He's trying to get the office. Mm -hmm. He's trying to put everything together. And one of the like kind of fascinating things about this arc is the early seasons of the office. Everyone is so threatened with downsizing and it seems to be like this sort of existential threat in that if the branches downsize and they all lose their jobs, what's the point of the show? It yeah. seems to be like the show would cease to exist. Yeah. And to see those characters in an environment where they don't have Dunder Mifflin, they don't have jobs, they have to create something on their own, uh, is is really interesting to watch them try to deal with that. Granted, the show does it; it's written in such a way that they end up in the same building, they can cross yeah. paths yeah. all the time. Right. But it's fun to see them challenged like that. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like, I think, I mean, besides Dwight going to work at Staples, this is the first time we're following people who leave Dunder Mifflin Scranton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yes. You but know, we're, we're going mean, to like, locations we've always we've always been Michael's condo, and then back to the office eventually. Yeah. yeah. Except for I the mean, retirement even, even home, the, the bowling alley. Even the telemarketing building is familiar. Oh yeah, Vikram. <laughs> we should shout out to Vikram, getting some shine in Dream Team. Mm -hmm. It is. It is nice to see him come back as the best salesman Michael ever met. Oh, speaking of Vikram, 
uh, we we've done would you rather's a lot on the show, and would you rather we get pitched frequently in our questions is would you rather read Jim's teapot note or would you rather read Holly's letter to Michael? I'd like to add a third option, which is I would <laughs> rather hear what Vikram's advice was at the end when, when they drop him off and he just closes the door. On him. You know what, Michael? You want to be successful? Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear what Vikram's advice was. I love it. Um, uh, and let's I, uh, yeah. And uh, rest in peace to yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Rajic. Uh, yeah, um, yes, the actor. I can't think of his name, but I, I want to point out something really quick. You mentioned the first time we've you know followed people outside of Dunder Mifflin, and we actually go back to Michael's condo, and we spend some time inside his condo, which is great because the last time we saw it, obviously, was dinner party uh, when it yeah. was Jan's house, not Michael's home. Now, a couple funny, fun little details. Just looking around that condo now that Michael's got the breathing <laughs> room he needs. Oh, nice. uh, beautiful Dundee case, which is just on one of those like steel racks. I kind of oh. feel like he would have gotten a fancier display case for his. Well, he Dundies. tried building oh, one. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the the number one prominent decoration is his Dundee's. <laughs> He's got several of the like, you know, a- inspirational inspirational posters. posters, including an attitude one with a wave, and then a be proactive one with a night cityscape. <laughs> the be proactive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with like a with like a it's just a nighttime city. It's like okay. Yeah. Uh, he has a new flat screen, but the old one is still up right above it. <laughs> he, just oh has, he just got another one and put it in front of it. And then he's got like a no right turn sign on his wall. Like, oh, I nice. feel like well, he's... that's a classic bachelor move. Is it? And the St. Pauli girl, the, the, the neon yeah. sign. Oh, I didn't know that was. Well, mm-hmm. the, I, that's what made me think of it is he's decorating like a college kid who's like, oh, anything <laughs> I find, I'll just I'll, I found this promotional Jägermeister thing. I'll put it on the wall. Like, well, that's right, it. <laughs> But that's like such a like a like a set dressing thing for for movies and TV. Like if they're a bachelor, they have road signs on their wall. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, Look for it. You'll the, see it. I've I've actually yeah, known no. some old bachelors who have road signs on their wall. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Like the stop sign in the garage that's like a man cave. Yeah. yeah. It feels uh-huh. like a very classic uh movie uh-huh. set detail. I have yeah. one. I have a stop sign in my garage. Do you I really? didn't put it there. It just was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. It was already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They already shot an episode of TV in your garage. I so. guess so. It's perfect. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the next step from this is the Michael Scott Paper Company episode. And this is uh, just a really brilliant sort of one-off episode because it has the alternate title sequence mm-hmm. um, with them right. in the office. It's, it's just a the really... The Britney bitch opening... Uh, yeah, it's, got a lot it's, of such a, it's great. Welcome to the Michael Scott Paper Company. It has a lot of yep. weight to it as, as something totally new mm-hmm. within uh, the context. We, of the show. we meet Aaron, aka Kelly, uh, joins mm-hmm. the show this episode. Right. Uh, and right away, you know, makes her choice as a, as a new name if we're doing new names. Mm-hmm. Thought Rajnagara was a boy's name. <laughs> Rajnaganda, excuse me. <laughs> Rajnaganda, um, yeah. And we get I a think... Dwight Andy friendship uh, is sort of revealed as well. So. In addition to all of the the way that this arc pushes the major characters, it also gives us some really amazing sort of B storylines, very um, day to day office storylines that just happen within the within the walls of Dunner Mifflin. And the Dwight Andy friendship is a, such a perfect example of that. It's so funny and so silly and doesn't last forever. No, because because <laughs> initially, you know, what, what Dwight says is like, oh, initially we were you know sexual competitors, Rivals. Uh, and and right. and it's funny because they sort of. Their, their paths cross again as they're trying to woo Aaron uh, for a bit. But it is a funny friendship. Mm-hmm. And there's some moments where I was like, 
this would never work. And then there's sometimes the way they do it. And you're like, maybe these two would actually click in the right context. And like when Andy wears the hunting outfit. And I know. It's, when... <laughs> Dwight's like, and it's like, what do you think? He's like, let me check. Oh, no, clearly a hunter who knows how to throw an outfit together. <laughs> the way they go back and forth with the hunting, like joking, and then the way that Andy hides behind that little plant. Yeah. And how it annoys Jim. I really wish we got to see more of uh, Dwight and Andy <laughs> yeah. annoying Jim, not even on purpose, yep. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it gives us the, like the, the Dwight talking to Aaron by telling her that about the ghost, Hattie McGonagall yes. died in 1816. <laughs> and, that's, and so, then, and, that's so long ago. I know. And it's such a Dwight move to tell a ghost story. He's so creepy uh, in that moment too. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately Andy is there. And he does the uh 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 trying to they're you know going the same direction and then uh, we get the the take me home country roads moment yeah in the break room and Aaron leaves an all timer within the series hey yeah you have to let stop. me stop you right there okay and leave that's <laughs> Toby knocking on the window yeah I love to. Uh, the way that like they utilize Phyllis and Stanley and, and some of the other like in this arc when they bring them down to check things mm-hmm. out, um, maybe that's in the previous episode. But the when um, when Phyllis and Stanley go down and look around and Phyllis is like, "Did you see? Did you get what you needed?" <laughs> like, yeah. And Michael <laughs> says, "You remember Ryan?" And Stanley yeah. just looks at him and laughs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's probably just remembering that time that he uh, took him out on one Hi. of his first sales Hi. calls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll take the kid. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't this episode, but we also we get a brief, we get a mini arc of Kevin on as a receptionist. Uh, oh, yeah. Also great. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I, I I agree with you. These all these episodes have such just delicious little little side plots going on. Yeah. Um, and a bit of a very major major plot of Michael not working for yeah. Dunder Mifflin. Um, and so this is this is this era is the is the Sergeant Pepper's of of the nine seasons to me where it's like everything's clicking everything's right and as we've discussed for you sean and for some others that you'd say well the show begins to jump the shark after this arc uh we'll we'll get there but like yeah just to say this is it feels like the storytelling the characters it's so synthesized and everything's working throughout these episodes yeah i mean yeah exactly i mean jumping the shark wise i mean yeah following casual friday is cafe disco which is uh, the the most hated episode? Uh, I think by everyone Sean. agrees. Uh, by me, that's right. <laughs> everyone, agrees. but we're not talking about that uh, episode today, <laughs> and we never will. It, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I. But to yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just I I mean, so many wonderful. I I think the idea of the mini arcs within this arc, uh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jim. Pretending that he's into soccer. Oh, yeah. Um, Pretending he knows what a rundown is. (laughs) Pretending he knows what a rundown is. Uh, Dwight uh, choosing sides and and teaming up with Charles Minor against against Michael and Michael's got paper company. (laughs) The meatball parm is their worst sandwich. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, God. (laughs) The way that Michael spits it out. Yeah. And another thing about that soccer game. The Nardoc. <laughs> oh, oh, I got. Wow, mini arcs. I just want to throw out too. Kelly versus Angela for Charles Miner's love. Sure. Love, yeah. I mean, that's so great. Sure. I I did think that was a, a fun pairing within 
within these episodes. I mean, on one hand, both of them being interested in Charles is pretty funny, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Angela, Polar the, opposite the vis- people. Yeah, the sight gag of Angela coming in from the rain and just being soaked and giving a talking mm-hmm. head is really funny. And then later, when um, they're having the final meeting in Broke in the conference room, the two of them are at the door, and, and Kelly is listening with the mug. <laughs> yeah. What do you hear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like teamed up now. I love it. So yeah. cartoony. Whenever you get those unique sort of pairs or team-ups, like it's, it's always mm-hmm. fun. Um, but yeah, one thing I noticed it was uh, the soccer game. So the whole thing where everyone pretends to be in the soccer to impress Charles. They have the game in the parking lot, and there's that moment. I mean, it's, been, it's become kind of a meme now where it's, why'd you ju- why did you duck, Jim? And... The caption is, I don't know, Charles, why did you kick this ball like a, a rocket? Screamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My- right at me. Yeah. And the so that's true. But at the same time, if you look at the way they set up the, the game in the parking lot, it's just cones for goal. So, like, if you're Charles, you're not even trying to hit, like, the back of the net. No. Right. You know? You're kind of trying to pass it in. Like, why would you need to rip that ball? It's not even in the direction of the goal, it seems like. Uh, and there's cars out there with, you know, windows <laughs> that he could break. I mean, it's, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, shout out to Kevin saying leg after somebody says wing in terms of soccer positions. Oh, yeah. Leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah not a lot of not a ton of Kevin throughout these episodes. Kevin and Oscar kind of hanging out in the back, not doing a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's OK. Everyone has their time. Well, those are the most kind of go with the flow characters. True. Phyllis and Stanley and Kevin, Oscar, maybe to a lesser extent. Um, and Toby, they're oh, yeah. going to kind of wait out the storm yeah. and keep their jobs. Um, I did. I did like uh, the way that Michael and Dwight end up competing against each other. Michael versus Dwight is not something we get to see very often. So we see it when uh, they're going after Harper Collins uh, Publishing, and then uh, later with the sabotage, the meatball parm, um, all of, of that. Of course, mm-hmm. you've unleashed the wolf. I I, I would like your undivided attention, please. You couldn't <laughs> handle my undivided attention. <laughs> Before we move on, let's take our first ad break. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, seeing a therapist has been a big improvement for me in my life. um, And I highly recommend it to anyone uh, who might be dealing with something. It can be a huge help for anxiety, stress, depression, everything that we've had going on in the last year. Um, if you've ever thought about it, now is as good a time as any. We saw how it helped Michael with Toby. Uh, Maybe it can do the same for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room uh, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com Scott. That's Better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for the Michael Scott Podcast Company listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash S-C-O-T-T. Great, Scott! Overall, though, this this arc is really important in, in the entire series. Um... You know, we said it's a turning point and all this stuff. I think that the turning point is that 
we Michael Scott is the anchor for this show. And to take him out of the Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch is warming us up for him leaving. And we get to see um we get to see the ensemble uh shine a little bit more uh, without him around. Uh in the office at least, the Dunder Mifflin office. I agree. It's kind of a precursor. I think another thing that we get a little bit is with Charles Minor as the boss, as the manager, while Michael is no longer the manager. It's kind of that. I remember reading um, an interview around the beginning of season eight where they talked about the introduction of Robert California and how Robert California was kind of like when your boss walks around, you sit up a little straighter, you make sure you're doing your work, that kind of thing. Obviously, Charles, I think, was the first version of that where it, it felt like a realistic boss in the day-to-day operations of the branch. Obviously, Robert California doubles down on that quite a bit, and Robert is also totally intense and weird, but mm-hmm. uh, but we get a little bit of setup from that with Charles, so agree with you there, like to see the ensemble, the staff react to that. I mean, Oscar says, and off he goes, like as mysteriously as he arrived, <laughs> uh, and Phyllis says to Andy, he's gone, you don't have to kiss his ass anymore, mm-hmm. so um, there, there's a little bit of that for sure. Uh did you guys have any Darn. final thought? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think um, the way, like we talk about like pairings or groupings and, and Michael, Pam and Ryan is such a unique one because Definitely. it's two of Michael's sort of go-to relationships in the show, Ryan and Pam. Um, we get to see them kind of be a team that works together. I think um, it's fun to watch the way that Charles takes a shine to Dwight and then later turns yes, on him. I love The that. way that... It, yeah, we need to talk about broke when they try to make the buyout offer. Yeah, I was thinking. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, there's I uh, I love the way that Charles when he Dwight says something about um, you know he's talking about getting the queen and extracting her pheromones and, right. and that kind of thing and the way that Charles says what is wrong with you <laughs> in just the most tired exhausted way mm-hmm. so so good um, one thing I also noticed is that Charles and Dwight are wearing white shirts on one side of the table and David and Jim are wearing blue shirts on the other side of the mm-hmm. table which I thought was a very no, interesting Jim, sort of I have choice. a bad a purist <laughs> uh, you don't solve a case or you don't crack a case you solve a case that okay so that part actually I to, to circle back on the on the Jim Dwight relationship throughout this too where they're this is an interesting arc for them because f- at least in broke where they're both on the same they both work for Dunder Mifflin but Jim's also trying to help them while Dwight's trying to sabotage them and it gets mm-hmm. very it gets very convoluted but the moment when Dwight realizes he gets a call from a client saying that like oh Dunder Mifflin or uh, Michael Scott podcast paper companies upping their prices he's, <laughs> he has a chance to go in and tell charles and ruin this entire negotiation and it's mm-hmm. all going to screw pam over and so jim sort of makes this brilliant move and i really like they did this because they spend the whole arc setting jim up as like struggling to get under the boss's good side and be seen as a competent responsible person and he's struggling 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 and it's not happening david wallace comes in Charles starts to see Dwight. Oh, my God, have I made a huge mistake? But then in that moment when he runs into the kitchen to stop Dwight, he throws all of that away because he knows the only way to do this is to get Dwight to start talking about something ridiculous. And the only way to do that is for Dwight to totally engage or for Jim to totally engage with Dwight on it. And he falls on his sword (laughs) and he starts asking about the crimes and what you saw, but he won't go away. And he's willing to it to the point where Charles looks at both of them and says, you two are morons. And Jim goes, got it. (laughs) And I thought it was actually a really heartfelt moment for me because Jim in that moment is like, you know what? 
I don't care anymore. I care about Pam. I don't yeah. care about this. I don't care if he thinks I'm an idiot. I'm going to go make Dwight do this, and it's going to cost me mm. my reputation with Charles. So be it. Yeah, he 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 doubles down on the fact that yep. Charles doesn't think anything, yep. and of he him, turns so it at great. the end and weaponizes. And it's just like a nice, it's a nice end of this arc for Jim. I liked it. After all the awkward interactions that Jim has with Charles, the, my fa- I, I'm just thinking of when Charles says, "Your name is Jim," right at the end of like their <laughs> conversation. Like, what a what a crazy dismissal! Yeah. Your name is Jim, right? That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then Jim trying to see you later. Yep. Bye. Like he's trying <laughs> to <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all fantastic, and then and then um, Michael, as they, uh, you know, Michael is able to go toe to toe with David Wallace, yeah, in a way that you know David had kind of um, wanted to to shut off that communication with Michael, um, and then here Michael is uh, going toe to toe with him in their negotiations. And we've talked about this before. This is probably the most competent we ever see Michael Scott um, as a professional employee. Not even when he's with Donner Mifflin, but as he's negotiating for their jobs back and telling about how the branch is bleeding and you get to see Michael in action and some of the actual talent that he has that's kept him around for this long. Um, David Wallace, on the other hand, is is an absolutely insane business leader for agreeing to this deal, but <laughs> that the show doesn't exist without David Wallace's total yeah. lack of, uh, of any amount of sense when it comes to dealing with Michael Scott, because he does. He hires Ryan back. <laughs> what are we doing anyway <laughs> they, i mean yeah it jumps from a sixty thousand dollar buyout to a multi-million dollar buyout which i still don't understand the math on that being a multi-million dollar buyout but <laughs> well they're projecting years of benefits and yeah salary sure sure well and there's an element of like I think kind of an implied element is that Michael is one of the secret ingredients that makes the office work. They talk about the office becoming more profitable. Michael shows off how good of a salesman he is. Obviously, he's like uh, an incredibly uh, unique and difficult to deal with as a, if you were to be his manager. But as he says to Charles, if you put paper in a furnace, you burn it. <laughs> so there, there's an element of that it. Michael is kind of, yeah, he's kind yeah, of that piece of paper, it. you know? Um, like he says, I don't need to be managed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's 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 uh, i don't know what the well. that was <laughs> uh but then yeah the way that it like it it sort of resolves itself completely is in casual friday when you know um they have to figure out what happens to the clients everyone is that that also is a perfect example of after this arc that kind of takes the characters all sorts of different places to bringing them all the way back in the office together. Yeah. They're just dressed a little differently. Um, and uh, some some people more casual than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they have to decide who's going to get the clients. And, and that's sort of the last sort of piece of them dealing with this arc and this tension between them. Right. Um, and then uh, after that, it pretty much goes back to normal a well, little bit. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Casual Friday, I think, is the last mention of the Michael Scott paper company. You get those yeah. moments where Michael's like inviting them, uh, Pam and Ryan, into his office, and they're just looking at a giant like board of a collage of yeah, pictures. Yeah, it's like a science fair trying... poster board. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it just happened. Michael's like, wearing a bowl on his head. Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, Ryan says you look so classy in that one, which I think is such a funny way to kind of button up. That, that is arc so when funny. It starts with classy, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it lingers into Casual Friday. They're still mentioning the Michael Scott Paper Company, mm-hmm. uh, and then I don't think that they ever mention it again, right? Maybe 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And in so many office episodes, or in many office episodes, the whatever the storyline is kind of gets wrapped up by the end. And with this arc, we get sort of an extended run where that doesn't happen, where Michael quits, where he starts his own company, where he puts in his two-week notice, when the company, uh, when he's battling Dwight for clients. Like, every episode, you, if, if uh, you know, I think all of us, or many of us, have watched the series multiple times by now, but uh, I would love to rewatch that for the first time as a viewer and get mm-hmm. fresh eyes on that uh, and experience what that was like again, especially back when it first aired, we were watching week to week. Yeah, I mean, it's action-packed. There was a lot. It, it's like... Very true. And it spawned, this, level it spawned this company. Yes. We, it we were also inspired by Michael's Exodus, and uh, we all quit our careers and do this podcast now. And mm-hmm. now we've got egg in our crocs. And we always will. <laughs> uh, should we move on to conference room? Let's do it. Hell of an arc. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's funny how I haven't watched all those episodes together in quite a while, I realized. Um, but yeah. prepping for the show was a, was a delight. So thank you, guys. For, for me, it's an absolute highlight. Just the the way it pushes the characters, the way it's balanced with storylines in the office. Some of like my fun, like the funniest, some of my favorite moments and talking heads are all woven in here. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really, really amazing stretch within the show. Same here. I, I think back when we were trying to pick a name for this, I, I, Edwin, I'm sure that you came up with Michael Scott Podcast Company. I, this was always the name. I, this was always the name. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, this was, it was like, this is definitively, uh, you know, our, our favorite part of the show. Um, and uh, and uh, just so fun to talk about, even even again, like this, two years later. I remember when, when we were talking about Two it, like really early on, how we were going to start it, you were, it was like, what are we going to call it? Michael Scott Podcast Company. Come on. Yeah. It's, a perfect <laughs> layup. I know. it's a layup. Yeah. And what a, what a, what a two and a half years it's been. My goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no it. kidding. Uh, all right. Conference room. Five minutes. All right. Everybody in the conference room. I don't care if you are gay or straight or a lesbian or overweight. Just get in here right now. Okay. So uh, uh, our, one of our latest episodes was about Roy. And we actually got some great feedback. And so we're going to kind of revisit that by uh, by reading some messages that we got from you guys. Yeah, well, uh, I, don't, I actually don't think we're going to... I'm not going to read the messages directly. Uh, mm-hmm. I just sort of want to address them because we got a few. And this is sort of yeah. like... Uh, this is... What happened was like why I love doing the show and why I think it's such a cool community of people. And there's such a wide like spectrum of how people interpret stuff and there are all sorts of different people who watch and love the office. Um, and for Roy, like have, uh, which is basically a, a, the episode about an ex who could be, you know, abusive or just not a great person, you know, it brought a lot of feelings in people. And so it's funny because we got, we got responses from uh, mainly from women about Roy, but I mean, some that were saying we were way too hard on Roy and some that says, you know, we didn't actually dissect it enough how we should have as far as the harm that he was doing to Pam. Um, mm. And so we just wanted to bring that up because, look, like we have our limits on what we can actually tr- discuss about Roy and like a relationship like that because we're all guys. Yeah. And so we really rely on it. And we're, we're actually really we were touched and, and we really appreciated the notes and some of the stuff, the feedback that we got from the listeners. Um, and there was a couple points in there that I thought were really, really good that we never even addressed. One of the main ones being that um, I know I kept saying that it was like Roy's. I think that, you know, the relationship, they're just not a good fit. They were just sort of high school sweethearts that 
just got a little complacent and kept the relationship going, even though they, they grew into be very different people. But I think that sort of lends itself to this idea that like, if it's not a great fit, it's okay to treat your partner poorly or it's okay to treat Pam poorly. Um, another scene that was brought up was, was the one at, um, in the Dundies in, in the beginning of season two, where we actually see Roy physically grab Pam. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. she's, yeah. when she doesn't want to leave. Um, and, you know, we had a listener write in about that scene and, that, you know, that was like, she's gone through that. And uh, we had another listener write in who works with domestic violence victim or survivors used to and sort of said there's all these hallmarks of things that she saw in that relationship between Roy and Pam that we, we were going to see and we didn't see. Uh, all that is to say, we just we, we just appreciate the feedback we got. And it's sort of that's why we love the show and the community of the show. And, and you guys are just awesome. One of the more uh, kind of illuminating things for me that I heard was if Roy is doing that in public with cameras on him, I'm thinking, I think, uh, of the Chili's moment and then when he trashes the bar. If he's willing to do that in public with cameras on him, what is he like in private? And obviously, we can only really... Sure. We only see what's on the show, but... You know, it was an interesting point. All right, and like I say, we, we, we also got emails from women who were like, you guys are going to be way too hard on Roy. Like, he's not a bad person. <laughs> he's just dumb. Um, but, you know, so there's, there were all sorts of different perspectives that we got. And it's funny because, like, it's, it's rare that we get one episode that gets a lot of feedback like that. We sort of get these from time to time. Um, but it's funny that, that, that the topic of Roy was such a touchstone for, for people. And, um, you know, this is all for a fake universe in this tv show a tv show that went yeah, off the air you know TV 10 show. years ago yeah, but, yeah. but it still tugs at these real life things for people and i think that's yes. why the show has such staying power so uh not our most entertaining and fun conference room topic but uh i think one that's <laughs> that's very important absolutely but we have something else for conference room do we not yeah something that promises to be a little bit more fun and entertaining <laughs> yeah. uh yeah new this listeners is, uh, this is not of, a usual conference room this this is a. Uh, this might be a, a cry man squad FNC double time, oh boy. so a little bit of oh office boy. news. Oh, nice! Um, but basically, there was an announcement a couple days I'll ago check that the web <laughs> that Mindy Kaling is uh, joining with Jeannie Buss to produce uh, a Lakers-inspired Netflix comedy. Whoa! So uh. yeah, so it will be a workplace comedy um, that uh, is Celtics were a great team. <laughs> Inspired by the front office of the NBA's L.A. Lakers, um, Netflix describes the series as following Eliza Reed, the governor of a fictional team, as she navigates NBA ownership and family drama with her best friend by her side. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty funny. I mean, I, I, it's exciting to see one of the sort of office uh, writers going back into the uh, the world of workplace comedies. I mean, I love Never Have I Ever, which mm. is Amity Kaling's Netflix show from uh, that premiered last year. I think the second season is coming out in a couple months. Nice. Um, so I'd highly recommend that if you haven't seen that. But uh, but very excited for this uh, for this new show. I mean, there's uh, Alex and I are both big basketball fans, and I think we're excited for that. Not as much yeah, as Sean. Too. Not as much as Sean. <laughs> uh, Sean, uh, name a non-Blazer in the NBA. Oh. Um, you can do it. Uh is LeBron James still playing? Yeah, that's, yeah. it's okay. LeJean Brames. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Fantastic. <laughs> nice one. All right. Uh, that's a, that sounds like it'll be good. It feels like maybe there could be some some shades of Ted Lasso in there, like a upper mm, management of a sports so. team. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Well, what's interesting is uh, this announcement also talks about how HBO is doing a series on kind of the Showtime Lakers, um, but it doesn't have the involvement. How did Showtime miss that? How is that going to HBO? Like, come on. 
Um, but no, that'll also be an interesting show because it's got like John C. Riley and it's produced by Adam McKay, this HBO show. So oh, cool. I think uh, both will be pretty exciting, John, pretty funny. So. John, no, John C. Riley, <laughs> I can't. That was good. That was okay. <laughs> All right. Now do now do uh, that- now do Genie Bus. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what she sounds like. Now do Swedish Chef. <laughs> what province is he from? He lives on Sesame Street, dumbass. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's let's do some trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Today's trivia is provided by Lauren. Thank you so much, Lauren, for emailing us some trivia. Lauren writes, I listen to your podcast every night before bed and thought I'd try my hand at some trivia since that's one of the reasons I love the show so much. These questions are from Goodbye Toby, Company Picnic, and The Whistleblower. Fantastic. Spend the chamber bores. <laughs> uh, guys, this is a good. This is a pretty good meaty little trivia here. We got twelve questions. Is it here meaty or is it little? It's a, if, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm inside your head, dude. I'm living there now, right yeah. now. Let's mm-hmm. go. All right, all right. <laughs> Question one: What branch does the Scranton volleyball team play at the company picnic before playing against corporate? Buffalo uh, is it nope. Albany. It's oh, Albany. It Albany. Ding, ding, ding. I knew. Uh, it. Uh, Question two. What snacky snacks does Michael bring Holly while they write their sketch? Chocolate covered strawberries? Yeah. Bingo. Yes. I th- How about this? I, I, I would have got ice sculpture of you <laughs> surrounded by an assortment of chocolate covered fruits. That's inspired. <laughs> strawberries? That's inspired. Uh, question three. Mm. What two movies does Holly suggest they base their sketch on? Slumdog Millionaire. Nope. Oh, she, oh. The uh, suggestion. Jaws. Yes. Dunder, Dunder. Die- <laughs> and then Back to the Future. Yes, correct. Uh, question four. What is the name of Joe Bennett's mother? Oh. Flo I'm Bennett. not even sure what when this is from. When Flo we learn this. Pearl? I don't know. Bessie. Bessie. Bessie Bennett. That's a great question. That's tough. Very yeah. tough. In The Whistleblower. Mm. Michael tells Joe he has to get to an early dinner with blank. The chief of police. Chief of, That's yeah, right. Chief of police. <laughs> you ever been on an airplane, Paul? <laughs> That's one of the best bloopers from that moment. <laughs> who, does Nick, who does Nick, the IT guy, call out as he's leaving, and what is it for? Kelly is not a size four. Two. Yes. Kelly is wow. not a size wow, two. Wow, wow, wow. Daryl is not on Facebook. Da- Why are you telling people you're not on Facebook? Daryl is, on, Daryl is on Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Ryan is not a photographer. Yes. Uh, and finally. Something to Andy? Andy is not title of the episode. Oh, the whistleblower. Er, yeah, he is the whistleblower. He is the whistleblower. Sorry, sorry. Okay, he yeah. is he, the whistleblower. Oh, yeah, him. He's a snitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, excellent. Question seven. What, what a what a great t- what a what a what a way to flame the office on his way out. What a great move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great move by um, what's his name, Shadow or Garth? Yeah, or- yeah it's something yeah. weird. Uh, question seven. What is the title of the YouTube video in which Ryan is arrested? We've definitely oh, done this. It's called Check This Out. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Check Whoa. it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many years has Toby 
been cruising for a bruising. Eight, Eight? years? Twelve years. Twelve. Twelve years. Twelve years he's been cruising Yikes. for a bruising. In Goodbye Toby, Michael says that Holly is the best thing to happen to the office since... World War II? That's right. After finding out that Jan is pregnant, what two products does Michael make sure she never touched? After finding out that Jan is pregnant. My, my, <laughs> this is such my head a goes tough to the one. My head goes to the potato salad. <laughs> you didn't need any of that potato salad, did you? Um, it's been sitting out in the sun. Sushi? No, no, no. It, I'm going to give it. Yeah. I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. to tell it? you yeah, guys. Just... This is a tough one. Accutane and Propecia. Oh, my Propecia. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Yeah. Two more questions, guys. What song is Daryl singing before Andy interrupts by proposing to Angela? Oh, uh, it's a super tramp song. Goodbye. Well, that's, oh, that's goodbye, goodbye Toby. Toby. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mix that one up. Uh, it's some. Oh man, it's something so kind of chilled and down tempo. And I don't. Uh, I don't have the band name. I just have the song name. What's the name of the song? Just my imagination. Just my imag. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And finally, what are the two levels that Michael wants the songs on his mixtape for Holly to communicate? Oh, it's like let's get it on, and nope. welcome to Scranton. Uh, okay, that second one you got right. Uh, welcome to Scranton, and uh, it's it's something. Very, it's <laughs> yeah, you're ridiculous. close. You're close. Yeah. It's welcome to it? Scranton, and I love you. And I love you, <laughs> uh, Lauren. That was a, a great trivia. You, you stumped the fellas. Uh, nice work. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you have trivia that you'd like to submit, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, you can also call us and leave us a message. Mm. Uh, the number is 503-694-9314. Uh, we'd love to play the voicemails on the show. Occasionally, we do a whole voicemail episode, so uh, give us a call. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And, of course, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Scott. Uh, join us for five bucks a month. Become a Scott's Tot. Uh, like we said, we're transitioning uh, still, but we'll have uh, ad-free episodes up there. We'll have a bonus mailbag episode up every month. Um, just answering Patreon questions. And uh, and we make a donation together to, thir- to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Uh, so special thanks to all our Patreon members. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we would have never made it this far without your love and support. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who does all our artwork. And, uh, this episode is recorded in Portland, Oregon over video chat. Thank you for listening. Uh, I know we say it every week, but this week is a little different with this new announcement, Mm -hmm. uh, for us, Mm -hmm. obviously, um, you guys are a huge part of that, of us being able to build this show and keep it going for, you know, however many for, you know, the last few years, uh, it, it just really means uh, so much to us that we've been able to do this, and, and, and you guys are such a huge part of that. So thank you. We really appreciate every single one of you. Um, and, uh, yeah, can't say it enough. So um, very excited for what's to come. Very excited to share more stuff with you guys. I want to do some concept episodes 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the gift baskets was part of that. Mm. One of these days, I'm going to sneak a note into these guys' food. Don't worry. It'll be sterile. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but until then, uh, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bippity poppy, give me the solid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rock the house. How are we supposed to know that? <clears throat> U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Ha, ha, you, you ugly. ugly. You mama say you ugly. Hey, go microscope paper gummy. I'm here. I'm part of this now. <laughs>